All right, it's week four of Sports Take Podcast. Week three never got published. <laughs> it's okay. You're not missing that. So one. surprise podcast coming up later in the week. Or I'll reserve that one for any time we forget to record one week or if someone's out of town. Yeah. That one kind of sucked. Not going to lie. No, I mean, it's pretty good. We yeah, did some fantasy. We did some fantasy talk. Yeah, it was some fantasy talk. But that's but. the thing, though. So you can't just drop fantasy talk like the way we were talking about it in the middle of like a football season because it's like that makes no sense. Yeah, we missed our chance. Yeah. It's okay. D-Lee. We can drop it later. We'll just do some good cuts. and from. Yeah. Okay, so week three of Sports Take Podcast then. There you go. We got special guest Talmadge Ames in the studio. Say what's up. What's up? Currently RM. Living the RM life. How's it being back? Weird. It's weird if you couldn't hear him. Um, so we're going to get into some good stuff. We're going to talk about some football. Got a lot of football talk coming up. Yes, sir. We also got some Kyrie Irving talk coming up. Why? You'll find out later on. <laughs> You'll find out why we're getting into some Kyrie Irving talk. We've got the debut of Tabo's Takes. Yes, sir. And we've got the debut of the top three. So we'll get to it. Nobody pray for me. It's been a day for me. Yeah, yeah. Remember syrup sandwiches and crime allowances Finessing on them with some counterfeits But now I'm counting this Parmesan with my accountant lives In fact, I'm down in this Tuesday with my boobay Tastes like Kool-Aid for the analyst Girl, I can buy a Westie world With my base stuff I know that it's good Won't you sit it on my taste buds I get way too petty Won't you let me do the extras Pull up on your block and break it down We playing Tetris AM to the PM, PM to the AM phone Eat up your per- Quit your beam, I still rock Mercedes funk. If I quit this season, I still be the greatest funk. My left stroke just went viral. Right stroke, put a baby in a spiral. Soprano C, we like to keep it on the high note. It's levels to it. You All right, so here's the debut of our Who's Back of the Week segment, where we cover comeback players, comeback <clears throat> objects, comeback seasons, teams. Anything that's making a comeback recently. So we're going to start off with Alex. So who's your, who's back this week? Uh, Jay Cutler is back. Ooh, he was back last week. Yeah, but he's going to be back this week and the rest of this football season. Hopefully, maybe if he doesn't like get hurt or something bad comes down on him or anything like that. But he is back. I'm kind of excited for him. You know, come out of retirement. This is a much better place than he ever had at Chicago. So saying his head coach was his old offensive coordinator. Yeah. So, Recipe for success. I think so. I think, and honestly, I wouldn't be surprised. I would not be surprised if Jay Cutler surprises a lot of people. Well, I think anything more than like fifty percent completion percentages and less than twenty interceptions would be surprising for this Jay is, Cutler. This is true, but that's the thing. That's why I think he will be. I think he'll be surprising a lot of people. He'll be surprisingly not as terrible as he was with Chicago. Yeah, I think. He Who can, knows? I Maybe think, the warm weather of Miami. He won't be throwing in the snow. Right. He's got Jarvis Landry, bro. Does Mike Wallace. Or is he on the Vikings? No, Mike Wallace is there. I think Mike Wallace Maybe. is there. Yeah. Wallace and then... Uh, Ta- oh, Thomas, you're our research he's guy. The, he's on the Ravens. Ah. Uh, he was real good with the Steelers, and then he's been on like four teams since. He so. was the Antonio Brown before Antonio Brown. Who... I don't think he was ever And San Antonio, Antonio Holmes Brown. was... Not as good, but he was the guy. San Antonio Holmes was the Mike Wallace before Mike Wallace. No, no, no. They've got Kenny Stills. That's that other guy. Kenny Stills. Oh, that's right. That's right. And they got some good tight end. He played for the Saints, right? Stills? Stills? Yeah, he used to be on the Saints. 
All right, Jay Cutler's back this week. Hopefully he'll be back more than just this week. Yes, sir. Um, So my who's back of the week is the sun. Sun kind of dipped out on us for a sec. I'm like a little coward, hid behind the moon. Because I'm riding with the whole part of my take train where the sun is actually cold. So stay woke. Sun's cold. I'm feeling a little bit. Riddle me this. If the sun is hot, then why is space cold? You're closer to the sun. If the sun's cold, then how come the higher up in elevation you get, hence closer to the sun you get, the colder it gets? Hmm? What's the sun trying to hide? Why is he hiding behind the moon there for a sec? <laughs> gets you thinking. Yeah, stay wo- a little stay woke, courtesy of Pardon My Take podcast on Barstool Sports. You know, I want to get someone in here who really knows what they're talking about just to, like, roast you. I so, do. Just so they know, no, just so they know, like, exactly what's going on because I can't. Because I can't you can't argue that. with it. That's what I'm saying. Because I don't no know. One can give me a good, no one can give me none an of us, adequate none of response here, of why none when of you, like, get to the top of a mountain. Figure out why that's an issue. When you get to the top of the mountain, you're, like, a mile closer to the sun, but it's, like, 20 degrees colder. Why? No one's been able to tell me why. Sun's cold. Stay woke. <laughs> <laughs> But he's but he's back but he's back after hiding behind the moon like a coward. Oh my goodness! All right. Plus, they always tell you not to look directly in the sun. Why? What's what's the sun trying to hide? Huh? Um, I'm pretty sure if you look directly (laughs) in the sun, you uh, go blind. That's what they tell you. Uh, Have you ever tested? Yeah. Hey, have you you ever have you you gone blind from looking in the sun? Nope. (laughs) Do you want? Hey, do you want to try looking in the sun? Test it for us. (laughs) All right. I'll get back to you next week. Yes, he's going to come back. If I can find my way back. <laughs> this stick and everything, dude. He's going to be done. <laughs> All right, Tavo. You're All who's right. back of the week. Um, who's back of the week? I'd probably say the announcement of Beyonce working on a – or coming out with a new album by the end of the year. I thought you were going to say coming out with new kids. I thought, uh, I thought you were about dang. to announce – I thought you were about to break some news dude, that Beyonce's pregnant again. Yeah, beyond, oh, t- guess who's stuff. back of the week again, Sun Part 2. Taylor Swift tried to upstage the freaking Sun by releasing like a teaser for her new album at the exact same day and time as the Eclipse. So <laughs> that's, awesome. that's, such a ta- that's such a Taylor Good Swift try, move Swift. to try to upstage the freaking Sun. That's pretty tight, though. You know, honestly, like if Kanye West were to do the same thing, I would, I would feel the same way. Kanye West is always trying to butt in this stuff. Oh, Taylor Swift reference. Okay, I gotcha. I'm still really like... It's alright, you know, Worcester's always a little laggy. Kind of like a NCAA 08 after you haven't played it for a couple of years. It lags a little bit. Can we please bring NCAA football back to EA Sports? So that we don't have to refer Use to past NCAA players. 08. Use like... past players. Make NCAA football 2010 and use the players who were playing in 2010 but just come out with the game this year, and then you can actually pay the players. Yeah, but Loophole. But you can, but can, Why has no one thought of this? Um, but <laughs> like, then, can I play with freaking like, so then, old the, that, Geno Smith? No, but that wouldn't make sense then because every player isn't playing. Like, unless, That's what I'm saying. You take the rosters. College, so you like go back. You go back, and you're like, NCAA football 2011, but you come out with it in 2018. Michael back. And yeah. And so, like, you have, like, Kenyon Barner and, like, Tim Vince Tebow, about to go down, Vince Young. Like, you've got these old <laughs> yeah. school players, but you're playing with, like, today's, like, graphics and, like, like how they can 
make the games now because the games back then kind of sucked but now you got like today's oh, graphics dude, controls the games like they used to be because you could just take a dude and run like serpentine down the back and then just take off down the sideline and score i know but like how dope would it be <laughs> you hop on time. you hop on your you, you hop on your xbox one and you pop in and to play football and you're playing with like old school guys like you know how nba 2k has like historic rosters like just make a game like that but for college football like i want to be playing with 2005 usc trojans versus the 2011 florida gators That's what I'm talking about. And you're using past players so you can pay the players. And then you can't get in trouble. But like... Loophole. Here, in like this day and age, with this millennial crowd, like everyone wants to do... Like, everyone wants to play in the now with what's going on now. So, it might it might not be successful. It's a great idea. But a lot of kids... You know, think about how many people try to pre-order the new 18 or 19 stuff just because it's the next thing. But this would be the next thing. This would be the next thing because it's because it's historic. And these kids nowadays haven't had NCAA football. It's true. Last one that came out was fourteen. I think it would be a huge success. I think it it sounds sick, but I would much rather just just have a normal NCAA eighteen. But they can't. That's the problem. So we need to go to the next one. And that was Tabo's who's back of the week. (laughs) Well, who is your villain? Beyonce? Yes, is she nice. making music? Yeah, she's coming out with something by the end of the year. Oh, cool. All right. <laughs> we kind of hijacked that segment there. I feel like Tabo's been on like a, a streak of, you know, music. pop stars. Well, he's how, he is debuting his album. Uh, do you change the title again? It's The Pursuit. The Pursuit? September 1st. Debuting his new album, The Pursuit, September 1st. So music's on his brain. So check it out, SoundCloud. Um, but speaking of college football, we're going to go into our top three. We're going to serpentine draft this of the forgotten college football players. So like college football players who are like really, really good. And now we haven't heard anything from them since. So to start the draft, we're going to kick it off with Alex, then Tabo, then me, and then we'll serpentine back around. So Alex, your first choice for your forgotten college football players. My Wait, first am choice. I, am, I, am I third? Your second. Okay, I second. just said it. First choice forgotten football players, I'm going with Matt Leinart. Mm-hmm. Okay. All-star, won the Heisman at USC, came out, really didn't. didn't. Well, yeah, he was a bust. Yeah. But I still hear from him. Uh, from we still what? talk about him. He's like a Fox Sports guy. That Fox Sports college analyst. Still forgotten. Ask a lot of people who Matt Leinart is, a lot of people forget. That's true. Okay, Matt Leinart, first choice. Tabo, your second pick. I'll go AJ McCarron. Oh, still on an NFL roster. Yeah, sorry, dude. I don't know, but who's? Bengals. Still? Yeah. Well, what is he doing? Backing up Andy Dalton. For the rest of his life? Maybe. He started yeah, he a playoff game like two years ago. Or something like that. Andy Dalton yeah, was hurt. He faced off. Do you not remember the Brock Osweiler versus AJ McCarron game of 2015? Pablo, you need to do some I research. That's true. That's true. I mean, he was he won a national championship, but yeah, he hasn't done much out of Bama. Okay, you ready for this? My number one. Oh, I get two picks here because we're serpentine. Right. Number one pick, Colt Brennan, quarterback from Hawaii. Wow. Led Hawaii Warriors to a 13-0 undefeated season, like their only undefeated season in school history. Set all kinds of college football records. He had like 56 touchdown passes, over 5,000 t- passing yards. 
And then have you heard a word from him since that Sugar Bowl loss to Georgia? Nope. So he's my number one. Number two, Pat White. West Virginia quarterback before Geno Smith. Talking about NCAA football games, you played NCAA football like 07, and Pat White was like the Michael Vick of that game. He was unstoppable, as he was for the actual West Virginia Mountaineers. He was real good. So he's my number two. So Colt Brennan and Pat White. My forgotten football players. All right, back to Tabo. All right. For, uh, for my next pick of forgotten people, It's not really forgotten, but it's just right now he's at a place where no one would assume that he'd be. And I'm going to go with my boy, Johnny Football. Johnny Manziel. I'm pretty sure he's not forgotten, though. No, but it's, it's more like a where are they now kind of thing. Yeah. You okay. what they're yeah, I mean, I don't know what he's doing now. Does anyone he's know? He's not even in football. He's not in full. I mean, like you hear snippets Is from he him. Like in, reba- in rehab or anything. Like he was that? in rehab at some point. He had talks saying that, "Hey, I'm on the phone with some teams trying to come back in 2017." And then you I'm never hear anything back. since. Yeah, he said he wanted to like coach or something. I haven't heard anything from him. All right, I'll give you. That was a good. One. I'll give you it. Thanks. Like it's not one I would think of when I think of forgotten football players, but you could make the argument. Okay, right. Alex. Alex gets pick two this time. Picks two, that's right. Jeez, here we go. Um, I don't know. As far as I guess forgotten, I mean, he's still. We're doing all where they know Reggie Bush. Yeah, I was gonna say, are you gonna roll with the USC train? I think I'm gonna continue on that USC train. What okay. did I say about USC though? Uh, this is the thing. USC can produce a lot of college football stars, but I don't think. Yeah, they're, they're not prepared for the NFL. Their NFL is not. I mean, yeah, you because you have Mark Sanchez, Matt Barkley. Um, John David Booty. John David Booty. <laughs> Dude, that could have been your third one. No, I hate that guy. Still, it's a guy, it's a forgotten football player. Yeah. All right, my next one. It's not USC. It's okay. Tim Tebow. I saw that coming. Okay. Let's hear the argument of why he's forgotten, because he's on SportsCenter about every other day. He's on SportsCenter for playing baseball. Okay, but if we're talking college, forgotten college football players, Tim Tebow. Won national championship. Yeah, he won a playoff game at the mile high, but then where, where'd he go? He just kept praying his way Jets, to the baseball. Patriots. Uh, And is that even like – Yeah, if you can't make it on the Patriots, you can't make it in the league. It's kind of like the Spurs, you know? Like if you can't – You can't make it on you, the Patriots? Yeah. I'm saying like, no, because they're like the best team. I feel like – No, I'm saying like they have the best coaching staff, like the best system set up where if you can't like be productive and find success – as a member of the Patriots, it's like the Spurs, you know, like these guys you've never heard of go to the Spurs and suddenly they're scoring 20 points a game because they have such a great system set up. Okay. But that's not true, though, because, like, you know, Tim Tebow could have just dropped down to the Jags and, you know, probably made the team. So Made the team, yeah. There you go. But I'm talking, like, production-wise. Tim Tebow wasn't going to produce in the NFL anymore. Like, think of how many guys who are, like, on their last leg of their careers who go to New England and then suddenly they're, like, key Super Bowl contributors. Like a lot. Like who? Like on their Darrell last Revis? leg. Darrell Revis wasn't necessarily on his last leg, but. He kind of was. On, he's on he was back, on the Jets. He was really good. He was on the nine of his years, like for football, but. He, I mean, well, what leg. has Darrell Revis done since he left? 
nothing. Because eh. he was on because he was not on the Patriots anymore. Yeah. I, I mean, he's not even in the league. Yeah, it's true. So, okay, Tabo, your third one. All right, my third pick for forgotten players. I want to go with Ian Johnson, number forty-one, running back for Boise State. Oh, I was gonna say, I know that name sounds familiar. Okay. As we flash back, that was a beautiful, beautiful game. One of the best bowl games in college football history. And you know, after after they after he score the game-winning touchdown or two-point conversion, two-point conversion. Oh, it was the after the, the uh, uh, what's it called? Statue of Liberty. Statue of Liberty. That's right. They that was a after game. the hook and ladder. Yes, sir. And after the game, proposed to his his fiance on national national television, and yeah, haven't heard from him since. <laughs> I don't, I don't know what he's doing, Trouble he's in, having a good life. Trouble in paradise in Ian Johnson's life. Ian, if you're listening to this for some reason, hello from Salt Lake City. <laughs> what was the Boise State quarterback? He was the cover of NCAA football, like, 08. Yeah, he had, a, like, a Russian last name. Change. Look that up. Tabo's on it. Okay, my last pick for forgotten college football players. I'm not going Anthony Thomas. I'm not going Kenyon Barner. Why would you even consider the answer? Yeah, he's not. I'm going LaMichael James. Okay. The guy, the guy at Oregon before anyone else. Like, Oregon was trash with Dennis Dixon at quarterback. And then they got Chip Kelly and the first guy, LaMichael James, out of Oregon. That dude was so sick. He was so good. I think he had a semi-successful NFL career. But, like, no one – because he was there – for his two years, and then his senior year was also the same year like Kenyon Barner and DeAnthony Thomas were there, and so like people just forgot about him his senior year. But that dude is the reason why Oregon got so good in the first place. So he's my last one. All right. So anyone can feel free to leave us a comment in our Facebook page of who you think had the best top three um, of forgotten college football players. So. I, uh, I just want to note. Oh, one more note. The guy's name is Jared Zabransky. Ah, so you're right. It was kind of a Russian last name. Yeah. Welcome back. Welcome back. Welcome back. Welcome back. Oh, yeah, man. How you doing? You good? I know you like that. I know you like that. How long you been back, man? I see the girls in the club. They're getting wild for me. All right, we're back. We're going to dive right into our weekly topics here. So first off, it's kind of old news, but Ezekiel Elliott suspended for the first six games of the season. Your guys' thoughts? Fair fair or unfair? I think this is how I feel. Because if we're going to be talking about suspensions and all this kind of crap, I think it's fair because, honestly, if it were me, I don't think players should be able to appeal crap. I think if they get this suspension, that's what gets handed down to them. They take it. Okay. Now, but okay. Granted, if there is complete, foolproof evidence that they're innocent, okay. Like freaking what? What was the guy from the Dallas Cowboys just recently? Whitehead. What oh, we, Lucky Whitehead. Yeah, yeah, Lucky Whitehead. I like, thought you were talking about Greg Hardy. I was like, mm, he wasn't innocent. No, that guy was not innocent. Lucky Whitehead. They proved he was innocent. They yeah. proved it wasn't him. Then that's 
where they just take it away. Yeah. But it does shouldn't be through an appeal process. I think they should do their own little investigation. If they're innocent, they're innocent. Yeah, well, and that's what they did with Ezekiel. That's yeah. what, and that's what I'm saying. So that's why I don't think he should be appealing it. I think it's totally fair. I think that's what's going to be. Well, first off, this is the biggest BS that you can appeal it. I agree. It's dumb because if he appeals and he gets it dropped to four games, like I just don't understand the – message the nfl is trying to send with like their domestic violence policy and i know i'm gonna talk about this i always talk about this and everything with like the whole tom brady suspension but tom brady suspended for four games for playing half of a football game with a football that was deflated by two or three ounces suspended four games greg hardy suspended four games for domestic violence Ben Roethlisberger suspended four games for rape. Justin Brown, I think is his name, the kicker from the Giants, suspended yeah. one game for domestic violence. Mm-hmm. Ray Rice, the yeah, guy who's not in the head. league anymore because of domestic violence, was only suspended for two games. And then the video came out, and the NFL was like, oh, whoops, Like you guys weren't supposed to see that, but now that you have, you're all pretty mad at us, so we'll actually suspend him for a year because it's so bad. But before the video got leaked, he was only suspended two games. And now Ezekiel Elliott suspended for six games, but he's most likely going to get that reduced to four, I think. And so now you're suspending people who are guilty of domestic violence for the same amount of games as you are for guys playing like half of a football game with a semi-deflated football. Like, I don't understand, like, where's... like. Yeah, no, I don't think that's like if domestic violence comes into play. Granted, there's obviously different levels of domestic violence. Yeah. You know what I mean? Okay, I think that's what it depends on. I think Tom Brady's suspension was fair, but it's not fair for comparing it to. A that's six what I'm game. trying to say. You got to yeah. balance out the scales. Yeah, I here. agree, and I just and I think appealing is crap. Like I think what should happen is once a sentence is given to one of these guys, the NFL can do their own investigation. If they find out that this guy is truly innocent, they drop it. Yeah. Whatever. If they find out it's really not as bad, but he still was a part of something, reduce. But, but it shouldn't come from an appeal from the player because if he gets it, he gets it. And that should all come before up, the like, suspension. Yeah. I, I, yeah. And but I do like. So I don't like the message they're sending with the amount of games from a suspension. Yeah. What I do like is that they are the message they're sending where you know, like, hey, you're accused of domestic violence, like. We don't mess around. You're suspended six games. Yeah, and the reason, like, like, I, and what sucks too is like, the suspension is less for players that have a higher title. Like yeah. Ezekiel Elliott, if he was just some no say, he probably wouldn't play at all this year. Oh yeah. So that's where well, he really, would be cut from the team. Yeah, that's where it really frustrates me because yeah. like that's not how it should be played. I think it's gonna be fair. It should be honest. It shouldn't be some cheap crap just to make money. Like, yeah, I do like the message. You know, hey, we don't care that you're a star player. We're going to value this woman's opinion and this woman's testimony. I guess not opinion, but testimony over, you know, your testimony. Or we're going to at least value our own uh, rules and policies that we have in place, not uh, just jump around them. If Roger Goodell's such a big domestic violence guy, why is O.J. Simpson not suspended? Uh, why is O.J. Simpson still coming out of prison? <laughs> That's what I want to know. I think he's just so I mean, it's a joke, but in all seriousness, O.J. Simpson is, like, still invited to, like, Pro Bowl ceremony, or not Pro Bowl, Hall of Fame ceremonies. Like this guy, like Pete Rose isn't allowed on a baseball field for the rest of his life. Why is O.J. Simpson invited to every single Hall of Fame ceremony? But that's a topic for a different day. Yes, sir. I think we're on the same page though, Ezekiel Elliott. 
deserve to be suspended. Everyone who's freaking out that the Cowboys are suddenly going to suck. No, they have Dak at their QB. They have one of the best O-lines out there. And Darren McFadden's they've, not they've a scrub. They've got McFadden and Morris. Whoa. Like Darren McFadden is washed up, my friend. Okay, dude, I don't care who's playing running back. That O-line's going to – they're going to be just fine for six games. Like, it's not even going to matter. Yeah, I mean – and for six games, they're not, they don't have that hard of a baller. schedule Morris either. still can – he can still run. McFadden's just big. So, works. They don't win the division. Who what? wins the division? Speaking to Mike. Not the Cowboys. That who? Is, that, who wins the division? Because I don't think the Giants win the division either. They don't. They definitely don't win the division. Hey, later on with Tabo's takes, you'll, you'll hear more. Um, so, I do want to say, I do say, say right on Tabo's Darren McFadden's washed up. In 2015, the year before Ezekiel Elliott got there, he had over a thousand rushing yards. Hmm. Uh, does that does that sound like Did a beach? Does that s- hold on? Does that? I don't know, but it's over a thousand rushing yards. Does that sound like a washed up beached whale to you? I think he's still cooking, dude. I'm just saying he's like not so a bad replacement for. You know what? Screw it. Not if, a bad replacement for six games. If you threw games. me behind that that O line, like I would run for a thousand yards. Oh, dude. He would go all. I don't think they win the division. Regardless, so. Thank you, Hunter Miller. Why? Don't worry about it. Two words. Carson Wentz. Yes! Yes! My dude. My dude. And I'll get to this. This is actually a good segue. um, Because Sammy Watkins was just traded from Buffalo to L.A. Low-key deal was Ronald Darby was traded from Buffalo to Philadelphia. Buffalo's best defense. Is now on Philadelphia. Yeah. Bill's so, okay, as a Bills guy, they're not my favorite team, but they're a close number two behind the Patriots. But as someone who watches more Bills football and pays attention to Bills football more so than the average person, anyone else, can I just say that this is the dumbest thing <laughs> I have ever <laughs> seen? And this is coming from a guy who didn't even really like Sammy Watkins. Because he was injured all the time. He wasn't that reliable. He was so overhyped and so overrated. But you're going to take your best wide receiver. And you're going to trade him to L.A. for an average, below average cornerback. Okay? When your strongest position, well, I guess not strongest, but the position you focused on this whole offseason and in the past two drafts, has been cornerback. Like, how many cornerbacks does Buffalo need? Well, if you think about it, they needed one more because then they traded Ronald Darby, their best cornerback, to Philadelphia for an average, below-average wide receiver. So you took your best cornerback, your best wide receiver, and in two different trades, you traded them away for an, a below-average cornerback and a below-average receiver. And yeah, they got a second-round draft pick out of it, but t- tell me one good draft pick Buffalo's had in the last 10 years. Sam Watkins. Oh, he's okay. gone. <laughs> but, but he's, but he's gone. <laughs> Maybe Sammy Watkins. He missed like 20 games. He missed 20 games last year, and they only played like 16. That's, I mean, he was injured all the time, and he's their best draft pick in the last 10 years. Why do Buffalo fans think that adding more draft picks is going to mean more success? Because your team's drafts the last 10 years have been trash. Trash. EJ Manuel with, in the first Yikes. round. 
Oh, Ronald Darby. So your best two draft picks from the last two years, Ronald Darby and Sammy Watkins, are both gone. And over the years, yeah. And this is... And Buffalo fans, I'm always reading like on message boards and like comment sections, Buffalo fans trashed Hyrod Taylor. He's the best quarterback they've had since Jim Kelly. Agreed. And... You want to know why he's not putting up the best numbers? Because his wide receivers are nobody. They signed Anquan Bolden. He retired after a week of being in Buffalo. Their best wide receiver is Zay Jones. Tell me one thing about Zay Jones that you know. Uh, I would tell you something about Zay Jones if I knew about Zay Jones. Because you don't. He's a D2 <laughs> second-round draft pick. And I'm not saying he can't be good, but when that guy as a rookie out of East Carolina – is your best wide receiver. I mean, how do you expect your quarterback to be any good? I just don't get it. I mean, you fire your GM after the draft. Then you hire a new, you're pretty much your entire front office is just all the assistant guys from Carolina. Your head coach was defensive assistant. Your GM was the assistant GM. You pretty much brought all these guys over from Carolina who then proceed to get rid of all your best players. Dude, what? The Bills are screwed. It's just irresponsible. Dude, they're just like they make dumb decisions. Hey, trust the process, right? Dude, that's not no. Dude, oh my goodness, like I They've said, they've given you, me nothing to trust. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> Same thing with down in Philly. You can't like, trust the process because their process isn't working. Something with that color scheme and trust in the process. But oh. the thing is, at least Philadelphia has shown improvement. Eh, I mean, yeah, but how long is Buffalo going to be seven and nine? <laughs> I don't know, dude. They can still make <laughs> playoffs. Every living from someone who lived in Buffalo for two years, every year, it's leading up to October. It's this is the year. Then after the Bills start five and five, it's well, there's always next year. Oh my god, that's what the routine. I don't, oh, and they love hey, them. They can still make playoffs seven and, and then, nine. Hey, they can still make playoffs seven and nine. A lot of crap would have to happen. Not in the AFC. It still could be a chance. This is not the thing. In the AFC. Anything could happen. Anything happened. Hawks made it seven and nine. Then but that's beat. because they won their crappy division. At if you're seven gonna, and nine. But if you're gonna win, if you're gonna make the playoffs at seven and nine, it's because you have to win your division. And they're not winning the division at mm-hmm. with seven and nine record when the Patriots are in your division. But what if what if the Patriots tank, dude? What if the Patriots just tank yeah. that with Brandon with, Cooks and <laughs> wake up in Tokyo? People are talking undefeated year for the Patriots, and here's Alex saying maybe the Bills make the win the division at seven and nine. I'm not saying. It's, I mean, the odds poor... of it. Hey, the odds of the Bills going going to the playoffs at seven and nine is like me winning the Powerball and I haven't even bought a ticket. So the, <laughs> there you go. These poor Buffalo people. They spend all winter outside in Orchard Park, which is so cold. Okay, November. In Buffalo is like January here in Salt Lake. It's so cold and it's so snowy. They sit and they watch the Bills and they watch the Bills suck. Then the season ends and they're like, well, there's always next year. And then they proceed to travel to their hockey stadium. The first Niagara Center. Been there. To watch the Sabres play and the Sabres suck. I just don't. These poor Buffalo sports guys. So that's my Buffalo rant. Okay. Thank so, you for, uh, also, the winner is Jared Goff because he finally has a good receiver too. Okay.
Big news. Kyrie Irving. Yeah, I'm going to step back. Traded to Boston. Alex is taking a step back. Me and Tabor are going to hash it out. We were arguing earlier. Let's bring Talmadge in here for this. Can someone go get Talmadge? I'll be right back. We'll, we'll make Whistle Waterboy go get him. Okay, Whistler's going to go get Talmadge here because I want to I want to get into it. We were having a heated argument because they brought this nonsense in that DeMar DeRozan's better than Kyrie Irving. Tabo was looking up lists that said Marc Gasol was better than Kyrie Irving. So we're going to hash it out here. Bring Ethan in too. Ethan! We're going to bring in our two basketball guys. Uh, and we're going to go buck wild. They're taking down the, the bunk beds right now. Okay, they're taking down the bunk beds. They're going to have to take a break because... All right, don't worry. I'll, I got... I got some comments. I wasn't necessarily... Your comments were DeMar DeRozan's better than Kyrie. It was, no, I, no. Posed, I posed a question. And then you said, yeah. You answered your question that DeMar is better than Kyrie. No. Yeah. I was just like... No, I was just saying, like, all right, is... All right, Thomas, take, take a seat. Tom was a dead arm now. No. Is Ethan coming? I feel like Ethan can bring some more common He's sense into this. Down. Because Talmadge, we already know what Talmadge is going to say. Talmadge, your thoughts on the trade? I think that was a really, really bad trade for Boston. And here's why. I maintain my composure. I think Kyrie is better than Isaiah Thomas. Yep. Um, but most of it's just because he's taller. He's a better offensive player. Oh. He's a better offensive player. Um, and slightly better defense just because he's bigger. Statistically, Isaiah Thomas is like the worst defensive point guard in the league. Exactly. So that and so you can't if, bring if the straight up for those two. Then yeah, I think Boston killed it in the trade. Well, but the fact of course you have to even it out somehow. Isaiah Thomas, Crowder, and that pick. I think they lost the trade. Okay, well the pick Boston has a million picks. I don't care. So that's let them have a pick. That's a really good pick. That's like I know lottery, but it doesn't factor into Iowa. this year. Like that pick has nothing to do with this year. But, it's next year, and next but year LeBron's if that pick gone. Ends up being a, like a player that's like the like a great like like monumental player. Then and what if years from now you're like flip? And what if the what if the pick, pick ends Kyrie. up being like Anthony Bennett? Then we're like, we got Kyrie Irving for that, that, Anthony that Bennett last, that and last Isaiah last Thomas. Anthony Bennett was horrible. I mean, you got that. But that draft Michael Porter Jr. is that a name? Right. But here's the thing, nice. people. People were so mad that the Celtics didn't trade their Nets pick this year for Jimmy Butler or Paul George. And I think that makes their fans even more mad that now they throw it in for. I heard. I well, I'd rather have Kyrie than either of those. For Paul, than Paul George. Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, because Paul, you get Paul George, you can't get Hayward. Like you just can't. Like they, they play this too similar. You play too similar. They're both two, three guys. They can figure it out. Hmm. They're both... Hayward's po- playing two at different parts of his career. Yeah, but both of those guys have the same playing style. They're both spot-up shooter guys. So if they both get their turn, I mean, that's not a bad, right? Yeah, but I just don't think it would have worked. But this the point is, is everyone was so mad that they didn't trade the Nets pick. That was number one. They tra- eventually traded it down, got a couple other picks, and got the third pick, which ended up being Jason Tatum. But they were so mad. Like, how could you not trade the Nets pick, which at that point was number one for Jimmy Butler? And now here we are saying, how can you give up the Nets pick for Kyrie Irving when this draft class, this one just barely, is way better than the draft class coming up 
And the Brooklyn pick is probably not going to be as high as it was this year in 2017. Probably not. Because um, Brooklyn's getting better and the East is getting worse. Like, Brooklyn's not going to be good, but they got a couple of young guys. They've got D'Angelo Russell. The thing is, when, the, they're uh, going to be better. The package they were offering for Jimmy Butler was less than they offered for Kyrie with the pick. But the pick was better. So you l- decrease the value of the pick and you have to increase value somewhere else. And, I mean, you, I know you disagree with me on no, this. No, that was this offseason for the Butler trade. I know. Even early in this offseason, they didn't do it. And then you got traded at the draft. Well, because they, Chicago wanted this year's pick. This year's Nets pick. Because they saw what everyone else has seen, that this next, the 2018 Brooklyn pick is not going to be as good. You know, they're like, we want this guaranteed number one, which then turned into number three. Um, My understanding is that they weren't even willing to trade this upcoming year's pick. I don't think there ever was any top like talk of this upcoming pick i just know chicago wanted more than just the one nets pick they wanted a nets pick they wanted a crowder and they wanted another draft pick but the thing is if you decrease value, so the pick decreases value because it's not going to be guaranteed to be as high the nets are getting better the east is getting worse so so the, here's the question I then to ask you at this whole trade could cleveland have gotten a better trade anywhere else i don't know maybe I think this was the best they could have gotten because Phoenix was not willing to put in. It's a good team for this year, at least. No. It's a salvageable team, and they've got a pick that could be good. Yeah. Well, if they could have, because they wanted to go to Phoenix. They were talking with Phoenix. They wanted to get Bloodsoe, but they wanted Josh Jackson. And Phoenix would not give up Josh Jackson. So I think that could have been a better deal if you would have gotten Josh Jackson, Eric Bloodsoe, and maybe a pick. Do you take Bloodsoe over Isaiah Thomas? No. But I take Josh Jackson over Isaiah Thomas or Amir Johnson, or not Amir Johnson, Jay Crowder. But here's the th- here's this is why I think it's a win-win for both teams because LeBron's gone after this next year. Right. Okay, you have Jay Crowder and you have Isaiah Thomas and you have LeBron and you have Kevin Love and you have um, what's his face Thompson? Tristan, Thompson, Tristan Thompson. That's good enough to compete. Like that's could be that's good enough to be a Finals team. Like, no one's saying, like, oh, man, the Cavs aren't going to make the finals. They can still compete. LeBron leaves next year. <laughs> if LeBron goes to the West, this NBA is jacked up. They need to get rid of conferences. <laughs> but let's, but LeBron's gone. LeBron's gone. You compete this year. Now you can give Isaiah Thomas the max. Because Boston wasn't going to give Isaiah Thomas the max. Like, they all along, Danny Ainge didn't want to give Isaiah Thomas the max. Isaiah Thomas was coming out with those tweets, like, back up to... Yeah, and Danny Ainge was like, no, thank you. So, <laughs> no loyalty. So I think you know, Cleveland can give him the max. You have Jay Crowder, who's a good defender. He's a solid role player, and you have the pick. And if the pick ends up being good, that can salvage Cleveland's season for the next their franchise for the next little while. Because if, they do, if the, they, they do get the number one pick, I think everyone comes out of this like, wow, great trade, Cleveland. Yeah. Because I mean, the well, Bulls, because the Bulls got Derrick Rose that one year, and they were the lowest odds at that lottery. Yeah. Point. Well, think about it like. Because if they hadn't made this trade, Cleveland sticks with the love, Kyrie, LeBron. LeBron's gone. Kyrie wants out. He's gone. And now you're left with love. Love's not going to want to stay if he's not with LeBron and Kyrie. He's gone. And now you're left with J.R. Smith and Amon Shumpert and Tristan Thompson and Channing Frye and Richard Jefferson. Like, that's a bad team. So now Cleveland has maintained their competitiveness this year as well as made them relevant for the next few years if this pick ends up panning out. 
Meanwhile, Boston has gotten rid of Isaiah Thomas, who's coming up on 30. He's coming off an injury, and he wanted the max, and he's in a contract the, year. The injury makes me, me – I, I saw that this morning. I was looking at that. I think the injury makes the trade more interesting. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. As if Isaiah Thomas is a healthy Isaiah Thomas, then I think I'm a little more nervous. But an injured Isaiah Thomas coming on 30, coming into a contract year who has come out and said he wants the max – as Danny Ainge, I'm hesitant to give him the max because he's injured. He's 5'8", and he's coming up on 30 years old. So you take him, you get rid of that, you clear space with getting rid of Jay Crowder because now your two young guys, Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum, have more minutes. And I think Jason Tatum is really good. I mean, I know it's just summer league, but I saw him play in summer league. He reminds me of like a young Paul Pierce. Like longer than Paul Pierce. Oh, yeah, a lengthy Paul Pierce. Like his turnaround jump shot was good, and his – ability to create shots and score in the paint was he, good he almost looked like a like a better version a quicker version of um danny granger with better yeah like kind of like a young paul pierce hybrid yeah so you clear a space for him i think jalen brown can be every bit the defender jay crowder was Eventually. i mean he's a he was a rookie and he was posting he was getting minutes in the eastern conference finals guarding lebron james didn't really work out, but I mean, I mean, they lost the series, but like as a Celtics fan, like that's encouraging. When I see my rookie 19-year-old guy out there playing one-on-one defense against the greatest player possibly ever, yeah, and you add Kyrie Irving, who's we argued about this earlier, a t- top 10 player. I think he is. You don't think he is, yeah. but he's the bottom line is he's arguably a top 10 player. Like you could make the case that he's top 10. Like, whether you think he is or not, you can say he's, if he's not in the top 10, he's just outside. Sure, he can be a part of the discussion. I guess yeah. Like, when you're mentioning top 10 guys, you have to mention Kyrie Irving. Whether he's in the top 10 or not, he's mentioned as one of, like, the bubble guys or he's in. And he's 25 years old. Like, he's not even in his prime yet. And you add him to Gordon Hayward and Al Horford, like... I just don't see how the Celtics don't advance to the Eastern Conference Finals again this year. And oh, they're there. They're in the Conference Finals. We all know it's it's Celtics. I mean, it's it, Celtics, Cavs in the Conference Finals as sure as the the Cavs and Warriors in the Finals. Last year, I think me. I think the I Celtics can win. No, I know. Because you took, but like we just talked about all this, and then the Celtics took away LeBron's second best guy. I just LeBron always gets it done in these type of situations. Here's my question. My feeling, though, is that LeBron, he wants out of Cleveland. Everyone's talking about it. But there's LeBron so wants much. Finals. He wants he wants rings as much as he wants out. But there's so much drama around this Cavs team, like so many distractions, so so many other things to worry about. I think when it gets to the end of the season, it's going to be a tough series, and I think all these kind of off-season distractions are going to finally like have taken their toll on LeBron, and he's going to be like, you know what? Because think about his last season in Cleveland. He doesn't doesn't let – he has off-the-court stuff going on all the time. Well, think about his last season in Cleveland. He had nobody on his team. Yeah, but like they were – the Cavs were easily the best team in the Eastern Conference in his final season in Cleveland, and everyone just talked about what he was going to do the offseason, and they ended up – they lost to Boston. KG, Ray Allen, days. Yeah, but the Cavs Cavs had Mo Williams, and I think they had Shaq too. They had that good Orlando team with Dwight Howard. No, let's not say it was good. Maybe the finals. A few years ago, they weren't good. 
they just built kind of like how the Rockets this year. Like you, you can't say the Rockets this year were like so good. No. Like they were all right, but just like their game plan was well, everyone going so around the edges. Is, the difference is that he didn't let off court problems hold him back in, in those days. It's just that he didn't have anyone on his team. Now he's got a team. Now he's got Kevin Love. He's got Isaiah Thomas. He's got Jay Crowder. I just don't think those guys are good enough to. All you did was lose Kyrie and add Isaiah Thomas, who put up as many points. But let's take away the Brooklyn pick. Okay. Let's just say it was Crowder and Isaiah Thomas for Kyrie straight up. Close to equal. I think it's about equal. But who got got better? And let's not just think about that trade. I'd say at that point it's about an equal trade. So if I told you Cavs, as is, so this year, they went to five games in the Eastern Conference Finals. Cavs lose Kyrie Irving. But they gain Isaiah Thomas and Jay Crowder. And if I told you the Celtics gain Kyrie Irving and they gain um, Gordon Hayward, just look at it in that standpoint. Like, you don't think that, like, the Celtics, that's good enough to make the Celtics better than the Cavs? No, I don't. Because if you go, ma- so go matchup for matchup, point guard, Thomas or Kyrie? Kyrie, one on one. Okay. Shooting guard, um, J.R. Smith or Gordon Hayward? Gordon Hayward's more. He'll I'd probably say, play the I'd two. He'll more, play the I'd, two. I'd say it was more J.R. Smith versus Tatum. No. I think Gordon will play the two. In which case, Gordon Hayward's way better than J.R. Smith. And in the three matchup, it would be LeBron and... Tatum. Uh, no, LeBron and Jalen Brown. LeBron kills him in that. Kevin Love, I think, is better than Al Horford. But it's not Kevin Love. It's Kevin Love, Marcus Morris. Yeah, and off... Marcus Morris. Well, Kevin Love's a liability on defense, but Marcus Morris doesn't do much offensively, but he, he's shown he's capable of so putting he, up so take, 27. Take the, take the best players from the Cavs. So let's say Isaiah Thomas, LeBron. So Kevin pick Love. your top. So top three from, from the Cavs versus top three of, of the Celtics. Hor- Horford. Horford. Hayward. Hayward Irving. Kyrie. Versus that. With their team. But they're not against. playing three on three. No, yeah, no. If it's not three on three, but you're taking the but three best the players influence the game. The Cavs bench isn't good. It's okay. They've got Derrick Rose now. You still have Darren Williams. He had a bad no, match. I don't think Darren, Darren Williams. Darren Williams isn't on the team anymore. I, I, th- I thought he still... I don't think so. I might be wrong, but I just saw something where like RJ Richard Jefferson just I know he like was, called I, out I know there was Darren Williams. Bad. I don't think he's on the team anymore. But Darren Williams... Darren Williams is bad. He's, he, well, no, he had a good playoffs. Bad no, he was bad. No, go he was bad his, all the way. Go look at the stats. He was his, bad. His finals, he was horrific. He was bad all the way around. But yeah. his, his playoffs was pretty good. Well, because they were playing against nobodies. It was the Eastern Conference. The Cavs were just running Even through the everyone in the, part of the season, playoffs. Darren Williams gave him some good. That's like saying, look at Patrick McCaw in the playoffs. He was doing so well because the Warriors were just running through everyone. It was the same with the Cavs on the East. So, But I just think at the end of the day, Celtics got a lot better. Not just with the Kyrie trade, but with... Um, they got worse at defense. Hayward. They no, because they still have Brown's a tremendous defender. Horford's great at defense. Marcus Smart is still there. He's great at defense. That's the thing is, I think you know they lost Avery Bradley and they lost Jake Crowder, but they have Marcus Smart and Jalen Brown who can be just as good as those Marcus guys. Marcus Smart hasn't proved it at all. But defensively, I'm talking about defensively. Kind of like I feel like even if, like even you made the argument earlier that they lost their two best defensive players. And they did. But you can make an argument that Marcus Smart and Jalen Brown can be just as good on defense, if not better. They're younger. So, but I just think at the end of the day, Celtics got a lot better. 
with Hayward and Irving and Morris, I think is an underrated addition and the Cavs are about the same, if not a little bit worse. I think the Cavs Cavs got better. Hmm. I think the Cavs, you just gained, you just gained Isaiah Thomas and Crowder. I think the Cavs, yeah, but they lost Kyrie. He's the second best player on the team. I think, I think the Cavs won. I think, like I said, I think both teams won the trade, but I think the Cavs won because of the pick. Because now when LeBron's gone, I think having Crowder Kyrie's right now, gone, think, you have that pick. I think I would. I think I'd rather have Isaiah Thomas and Crowder over just having Kyrie. I, that's where we disagree then. Because it's not just that either. Because the so yeah, Isaiah the Cavs. Give you the points. Jay maybe, Crowder. Because you're taking the times that that Isaiah Thomas went one on one with people and how much he scored. You can still look at his like field goal percentage and look at Kyrie's field goal percentage. But I he takes Kyrie... so many shots. No one else on that Celtics team so is yeah, taking so any you have shots. To look at his field goal percentage. And so if you look at Kyrie's, Kyrie had more shots than LeBron. And yes, he was playing behind LeBron, so he didn't take as many shots. But if you take a look at his percentage. Then but you the can, thing is, Ky- Isaiah Thomas took so many shots. But and like LeBron is, is going to want shots. Points. Kevin Love's going to want shots. J.R. Smith's going to want shots. Look. Like Thomas no one, no one took the shot every Thomas, time down the court no one for the can Boston. That Isaiah Thomas can get you points. Yeah, which is all that really. That's all LeBron wanted out of Kyrie. Yeah, and then you just got, but you the got thing is, LeBron's crap. not going to want Isaiah Thomas taking every single shot in the last two minutes of yeah, a game. I don't think so either. But that's Although what uh, that's clutch. what he did. He's, he's clutch. He's got, but he's all he shot. did. Gene. I mean, he took Thomas. every shot down the court for Boston. Like everyone, like I'd be interested to see like how many shots, like the percentage wise. But it seemed like he was shooting every time down the court. I mean, they got Horford the ball. But when that was when they would double Thomas. But I think I think LeBron makes people better, and so I think whoever it is, he always gets the best out of the player. I think Jay Crowder means more to Cleveland than he meant on Boston, just because Boston has those two young wings in Brown and Tatum. So I think he means more worried about Boston. I think they're completely just thinking about, I think, well, I think Golden State in the future. Cause you were saying that Jay Crowder makes Cleveland better. I think it doesn't make them better. I think he just means more to that Cleveland team. Cause he's a def- good defender. And that's see. what they need. It'll, it'll be interesting to watch. All right. Hello, my name is Tabo Ride, and this is the debut of my very own segment. This is great, Tabo's takes. It's a it's a pleasure to have this moment, and I'll have a wiss cover all my mic time. Um, today, I just want to drop a few predictions of things that are things that are coming in the near future. First, we're going to go over to to uh, to baseball. My prediction is that the Cubs do not return to the World Series. Well, there we go. There we have it. And another, we're gonna we're gonna head over to football. And football is that the Dallas Cowboys do not win the NFC East. And I uh, I can't tell you exactly what team, but also in the NFC East, the the starting quarterback of a team is gonna go down within the first six games which 
gives Colin Kaepernick the opportunity to be picked up. So by week seven, Colin Kaepernick will be in a jersey of a team that plays in the NFC East. Can't tell you who. I don't know that much. But I saw it in a in a Madden 18 prediction on a on a YouTube stream. So I was like, oh, you know what? I just I could see it happening, whether it be the Cowboys, you know, losing uh, Elliot to a suspension, and then Dak goes down and everything starts crumbling by by week eight. Who knows? Giants, you never know. Eagles are set. We got we got Carson Wentz, and then we have Nick Foles, so we don't we don't need Colin Kaepernick. But I don't know Redskins maybe behind Kirk Cousins, not really sure. But uh, and uh, the last prediction that that I want to make is the Celtics push the Cavs to seven games, but do not advance to the finals. You're here, here. Cavs Celtics, seven games, but lose in Quicken Loans Arena. And. Uh, Oh, I just predicted that Cavs, Cavs win the conference. Or get a home court advantage. Shoot, there you go. But that is it for Tabo's Takes. Yeah, it's late here in Salt Lake City, so I'll be signing off. And remember, every time we're talking sports, you can catch us here. Peace. Close your eyes.